Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short and so glad to have you along on this MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Day. I'd like to speak about him if I could. I think it's only appropriate. Of course, MLK, Martin Luther King, was a, uh, we have a national holiday today to commemorate him and his influence in our nation. Was indeed a controversial man. I must confess that when the MLK holiday was first acknowledged. I, along with a lot of others, were against it. It was the first day we had that honored someone had a day, a holiday, for someone who wasn't a president. And uh, it, it did seem was that appropriate to give uh, that day. But as time has gone on, I've come to appreciate that it's a fine thing to do and remember his contribution. And I'd like to talk some about it today, if I could. Again, I will say he's controversial. I remember one of the quotes from our Faith Walkers Conference came from Winston Churchill, and it said, uh, uh, you have enemies? Good. That means you've stood for something at some point in your life. And indeed, uh, anyone who stands for something, good or bad, will be controversial. So hear me out, and let's see what we have to say. Number one. Some things about Martin Luther King Jr. some people may or may not know, or some observations I'd like to make, make, was he was a Baptist minister. In our day and age of secularization, and particularly the political left, wanting to secularize everything and bring in really what amounts to a secular religion of the left, a religion of secularism, one of the heroes of their time was indeed a Baptist minister. And he often appealed to Scripture and the dreams that he articulated and the justice that he called for often was rooted in scriptural verses. I think that's important for us to remember. And indeed, I do think that some people who would call upon him for his legacy today and would look upon him as a heroic person would do well to spend more time in Scripture do well to look at really what the Bible teaches about justice and rightness and so forth. Sometimes I wonder if Martin Luther King Jr. is still held in high esteem by those today, or he's held in high esteem, but if his ideas are held in high esteem, or some of those who advocate for his, the same similar causes today would disagree with how he went about it. Well, he was a courageous man. He was a Baptist minister. He was a courageous man. No doubt about it, folks. Whether you, no matter what you think of, of some of his positions and some of what he said, he was a courageous man. He stood against deep, strong uh, forces in our culture, forces that were deep in people's hearts, forces that were enshrined in law, forces that had been around for generations, in some cases centuries. And to stand up against that is, takes courage. Indeed, I'm, I'm a belief today that America is overcome with fear. <clears throat> and it's this, primarily this coronavirus and so on, but this fear has just incapacitated so many people. Courage doesn't mean that we ignore danger. Courage means that we're not ruled by it. We're not deterred by danger. 
We stand up in the midst of danger. You can't be courageous unless you're in difficult times. You can't be courageous unless some people are very fearful. And indeed, this is one very admirable trait of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is his willingness and ability to stand up against strong forces, even at great danger and peril to his life and to his family, as we know. And we admire and, and uh, that courage. As a matter of fact, I'd like to read a quote here from the MLK Memorial, and I think it's a good one. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. It's a good thing to remember for our day. We do live in a very controversial time. We do live in a, in a difficult time. I, I, you know, I hear people on campus all the time. <clears throat> they, they'll stand up against slavery, for instance. Well, come on, big deal. That, that, was, that, that was 150 years ago. That battle's been fought and won, and who in, who in their right mind today encourages slavery? But do they stand up for the things of our day? It's convenient and easy and comfortable to stand up and, and be negative towards slavery in America in the early, in the 1700s and 1800s. It takes a lot different courage to stand up against something like abortion today, the issue of our day. We can signal our virtue by our courage to, to criticize someone of a previous generation. But the question, the ultimate measure, is not where you stand when it's easy and comfortable, but where do you stand at times of challenge and controversy? Where do you stand on today's issues? And to me, as I've said before, and you know this, I believe the issue of our day for all people of all ethnicities and colors, the issue of our day is the basic human right to life. And where does a person, do they virtue signal about things from a 200 years ago? Where do they stand on the issues of today? MLK was a flawed man. He had some significant flaws, particularly for a minister. And those flaws were exploited by his political opponents. And one thing I think we can learn from this, and we should learn, is we can... We, we want our leaders and our heroes to be flawless, but so often that's just not the case. So often God tends to use people of faith even with their flaws. You look throughout Scripture, there was only one perfect man, that was Jesus. And so many of the great heroes in Scripture, they had flaws as well. Indeed, MLK lived during a time when we were involved in the Cold War. There's no doubt that, that enemies even of America uh, perhaps gained inroads, and perhaps he was naive and didn't understand. I don't know. But you know, as we know, communist, the radical left, seeks to exploit people who have legitimate grievances. That's how they worked then. That's how they've always worked. That's how they work today. People who have legitimate grievances, and the, they will exploit that by pointing the finger at your problem is caused by this person, and therefore let's rise up against them. This is a whole understanding of their way of history, is that the proletariat will rise up against the bourgeois, the oppressed will rise up against the oppressor. And so in Marxism, you've always got to have a victim, and you've always got to have a, a, a bad guy, a villain. The person who's at the top is the bad guy, the person who's underneath is the good guy. 
And of course, they exploited that, and they continue to exploit that. And perhaps even during the time of the Cold War, there was some exploitation of MLK in that way. And But I, what, what will I say? Who isn't flawed? Who hasn't made mistakes? Who hasn't at times even made significant mistakes? He was a flawed man. Doesn't mean everything that he stood for is wrong by any means. And I know some on my political side would think so, and we've got, we shouldn't think that. There's good things he stood for and that we must affirm and stand with this basic understanding of justice. And that leads to this next point. His vision really did come from Scripture. Folks, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, uh, Samuel was coming, Samuel was seeking to, establish, to anoint a new king and find a new king. He came to Jesse, and all the sons of Jesse came before him, but when the first one came, Eliab, Eliab looked like he was the right one. And in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, we said, no, don't look on his outward appearance. Don't look on his stature. Don't, look, don't go based on what he looks like. For man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And, of course, then God ended up, the one he chose was David, who outwardly would not have been the one chosen. There's a principle here. He was choosing a king, but there's a principle. And that is the MLK dream, as you know, was he had a dream to look upon the, the day when, when people would be judged, not by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. How eloquently stated. He was simply saying, what, what Samuel said in, in 1 Samuel 16, 7, that God looks upon a person's heart. God looks upon a person's character. God looks upon who a person is, whereas men tend to look upon what you look like. We judge outwardly, superficially. As believers, we want to rise above that. And we do have a day and a hope, do we not? where human beings, or all human beings, are seen as being made in the image of God. We don't buy into this evolutionary stuff that races, that, that Darwin and Darwinian evolution, that believes that races are different, some races are more evolved than others. We don't buy into that. We believe that all human beings are made in the image of God. We believe that Jesus Christ gave his life and died for all people of all colors, all ethnicities, all tribes, all languages, all ethnic, everyone. And we believe that the Great Commission calls us to make disciples of all nations, all, all groups of people, all, every tribe, every nation. We certainly don't believe that, one, that, that God favors us because of the color of our skin. And so we share in this dream of MLK. And I think it's an appropriate dream. He stood against injustice. This is a sad thing that's happened to our day is this word justice has been redefined. Justice is now seen as not equality under the law or being treated equally. And, and then you can have your merit if you deserve it. But justice now is seen by those in our, who have taken up his, the mantle of his cause, shall we say, Justice is now often seen as having equal outcomes. That if there's a disparity of income or disparity of, of any, anything where you can see it based on skin color, that that's a lack of justice. I don't believe that that's what MLK had in mind. He wanted people to be judged based on their character, not their skin color. 
modern day critical race theory, modern day uh, uh, understanding of racism and so on, is looking for equal outcomes, not equal opportunities. And I believe that's what MLK stood for. And this is why I'm not sure he would be, uh, how much he would be appreciated today by some who've taken up his mantle of civil rights. They just might not appreciate his call for being judged by your character, not by the color of your skin, not by the outcomes based on skin color, but outcomes based on character. That's what he would have stood for. <clears throat> by the way, I think it's also interesting that no one ever accuses him of trying to establish a religion. In our day to day, we're often accused of, you know, if we're for, uh, if we're against abortion, we're accused because of that as our religious belief of standing, of, of being, um, trying to establish a religion and violating the First Amendment that says you shall not establish a religion. No one ever accused him of that. I mean, the whole civil rights movement in his day was, was in churches. That's where he spoke. That's where he rallied the people. The people went out and they contended that because of God and because of Scripture and because we're Christian that we must bring in a justice that, that overturns unjust laws in our government and calls upon people to, to be just according to Scripture. Did he establish a religion? Not really, no. But his, his vision was rooted in his religion. And likewise, dare I just say, when we work against abortion, we're not seeking to establish a religion in America, but we are saying our understanding of what's right and wrong is formed by our religious belief. There's nothing wrong with that. That's totally appropriate. Final thing I want to mention today is where I think a, a, a difference between what Martin Luther King Jr. saw and maybe where the movement went wrong. I believe Martin Luther King Jr.'s understanding of justice was rooted in, in Scripture and an understanding that would be applied through the means in our Constitution. Scripture, it, scripturally, he believed all men should be loved and treated as children of God, treated as those who had what our declaration says, inalienable rights from God, regardless of your skin color. You, should, you have inalienable rights from God. These are called human rights, inalienable rights. Human rights are inalienable rights. They come from God. And as our declaration says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator, by their creator, with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to preserve these rights, governments are formed. These are inalienable rights. The civil rights movement seems to have become focused, seems to have lost sight of God and of inalienable rights, and is now focusing on civil rights. What's the difference? Civil rights are granted to us by government. Civil rights are rights that government says you have this right. Inalienable rights come from God. Inalienable rights are given to us by our Creator. My friends, this is important to realize. That if government can give us our rights, they can take them away. I, I, I know this term civil rights. If I'd ever say I was against it, it'd be easily misunderstood. But what we stand for is inalienable rights. Governments exist not to grant us rights. Governments exist to protect 
the rights given to us by God. And this is why I stand for human rights and inalienable rights for all human beings, protected by our Constitution, and our government should protect them. But they don't give them to us, and they certainly don't have the right to take them away from us. They cannot guarantee anything other than freedom under God, liberty under God. This is what we believe in, and on this MLK Day, and indeed throughout, this is a great battle being fought in our culture today. Where do our rights come from? If we abandon God and we become more and more and more secular, then inalienable rights are forgotten. Human rights are forgotten. They become only civil rights granted to us by the civil government, and indeed, as we're seeing and this is a great struggle in our day with things going on with vaccines and viruses and masks and the LGBT issues and religious freedom and all these things. There is a question, and we must always get back to human rights come from God. They are inalienable. Civil rights, let's be careful. If we give government that power, we give them the power to take it away. I do believe that calls for justice for people of racial minorities in our day and age have, I believe, have gotten off track because they've lost sight of what King was saying of enamel rights and basing a hope and a trust and a faith in God and calling out to God. And dare I say that those of us on our side politically that are fighting for such things as pro-life and so forth, dare I say, that our cause likewise, because we have lacked power, and so our cause and our prayers and our hope have been to look to God. And we better keep looking to God, because if we ever get our eyes off of God and begin to think government is the answer, then I think we'll get off track too. Again, King realized that government had a role to play, that the law should reflect what's right and just. But it seems to me, from what I know, that his hope and his faith and his vision and his prayers were in God. As I understand it, his hope was in God. And those who've taken up his mantle seem to have lost that vision of justice coming from God. And they're only looking to government as that source. If that's the case, it's a big, big mistake on their part. It's a mistake we dare not make because that's where tyranny enters in. Only freedom and true justice only comes rooted in a faith in our God. And indeed, we, let's remember that message, those of us who, who fight for justice and rightness and truth today. I guess one final thing I do want to say is I hope that you and I do look upon people not on their skin color, and we don't judge them on their outward appearance. It may be difficult in our day and age. Because there are plenty of, you know, images out there and stereotypes and there's all kinds of things. But by the grace of God, we all know people, of, we all know good people and bad people of different skin colors. The Bible says the real problem is in the heart of man. The heart of man wants to find people it can look down upon. The heart of man wants to find people it can hate. We're Christians. We rise above that. 
We seek to love everybody. We seek to love those who are like us, those who are different than us. We even seek to love our enemies and pray for them. And might, might God give us that type of love in our hearts. Might God give us a vision and a faith to dream big dreams. Again, like MLK, he was dreaming a big dream. Might God give us vision to dream for big dreams of truth and justice that honors our God, that would be seen in our culture, seen in our lives, our families, and so on. So we want to take some of these thoughts from our time. Might God, we stand, we stand strongly against racism. We stand strongly against judging people on the outward. We want to love all people, and we pray for that day when there will be disciples of Jesus Christ, godly, mature disciples of every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every ethnicity, every skin color. Amen? And, and that's our answer. And the answer today is the advancement of the gospel, that people would be saved, they'd be redeemed, and they'd learn how to live their lives and conduct their families and do their business dealings and have their church and everything about them coming under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's where true justice and goodness, prosperity, success, all of these things, that's where they come. That's what we pray for. Father in heaven, we come to you today and we do grieve over the injustices in the way people have been treated throughout history, in our country, and not only in our country, Lord, throughout the history of the entire world. People have looked for those they can hate People have looked for those they can't oppress. People have looked for those that they can take advantage of. We acknowledge, Lord, that that's happened. Maybe we've participated in it. If so, Lord, forgive us. And Father, we do want to thank you for MLK and how, how he rose up and stood against injustice and laws that, were, that mistreated people simply based on the color of their skin. How wrong that would have been then how wrong it is now for those advocating it today. We pray, O oh Father, for this dream to see people the way you see them, to look deeper than skin color and to look upon character and heart and to look upon what, what's in them and to realize, Father, every person of every color needs the redemption and the salvation. They need to be born again and be saved and find new life and love that can be found in Jesus Christ. We, we reject secular solutions to deep spiritual problems. We reject civil solutions to deep spiritual problems. And we pray, Father, our civil laws would reflect godly laws and godly principles. We put our hope, though, in you. And we know, Lord, that the real solution, you've got to change the hearts of people, and that's what we pray for. We pray in our land for revival. And Lord, as our country moves further and further away from you, it's hard for us to think that we can make progress. It's, it just seems like secular solutions, human solutions, they just exchange one problem for another. They just go jump out of the frying pan into the fire. And Father, we know that only real solutions are found in you. And so we pray again that people, that for return of our nation, a return to a godly justice, a godly fear of God, an honor of God, we don't believe socialism, leftism, communism, fascism. We don't believe any of these things will work. They will fail because they're rooted in thinking humans have the answer. We humble ourselves. We pray. We seek you. We ask you to heal our land. We ask you to heal our land of hatred and division 
We ask you to heal our land of racial division, of political division, of demonizing one another. Lord, we pray for these things, and we, we, we pray that the people would rise when politicians set, seek to do that to us. We'd rise against that. Help us to fight, Lord, not just for our side, but to fight for you. We, we, we don't ask, are you on our side? We pray, Father, we would be on your side, and we pray our country would too. And we, Lord, know that, that our hope for true justice and unity and success in our country comes not by the left or the right. It comes by turning to you, and we get on your side. You're the one that we ask to be Lord. We pray these things, and we bless you today. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, I went a little bit longer today than normal. So if you are here today as a first time, thanks for being here. We usually give 15 minutes, 15 minutes to get in the Word and to pray over it. Talk about some things about how we can be better people as Christians, better Christians, more men and women of faith. We're going to be beginning, a, last week we talked about this basic issue of grace and humility the coming days, we're going to be looking more and more at faith, and, and indeed, has God given you a dream? Has God given you faith? Has God given you something to aim for, to, to go after? So I hope you join us. If you're new, make sure you subscribe, hit the notify, share this video and other videos with others. The whole year's worth are back there. You can check them out on my page, Tom the Preacher on YouTube. You can check them out, and you can look at all kinds of things we've been looking at this last week, if you weren't with us, on Grace, God's grace being sufficient, and humility to receive His grace, I think are bedrock, foundational for a successful Christian life. So if you're new today, check those out, join with us, share with your friends, and we'll be here day by day allowing God's Word to mold our lives, thoughts, and values, okay? I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, 8.30 a.m., live here, or you can hear later, or on the podcast at Apple, Spotify, or Google Platforms. Search The Tom Short Show to find me there. All right, I'll be here tomorrow. You, until then, you have a great day. God bless you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.